Now batting for the Cubs corner, the host, Anthony Pasquale. Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to another episode in a brand new year of the Cubs Corner. My name is Anthony Pasquale, and as always, this episode and all episodes are brought to us by Coach's Bar and Grill, located at 6169 North Northwest Highway on the northwest side of Chicago. And there's actually some big news coming out of Coach's. Not only do they have great food and present a great place to catch a game of any kind, especially the Cubs when they're in season, but they're actually now a restaurant that Grubhub delivers. You can enjoy $5 off your order Monday through Thursday from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. Great news over there at Coach's. We're going to get rolling another year. Happy 2020 to all of you listening. Sorry for the brief hiatus during the holiday season, but I'm happy to be back and podcasting for all of you Cubs fans listening. We decided today we'd get our fans involved a little bit. We're going to do a grab bag or mail bag you could say podcast i took a couple of questions from my followers on snapchat instagram twitter and facebook as well as just asking a couple of people from around and one of the first questions i was asked was what the hell is going on and um to answer that one i i could do it in two ways i'll start with a very simple way nothing absolutely nothing is happening I mean, our biggest move of the offseason so far is Daniel Winkler. Um, not exactly what people were looking for. And our biggest move of the offseason last year was Daniel Descalso. So not a whole lot coming from Theo and Jed in, in that camp there. So to answer that in the short, um, not much is going on. But there is obviously some going on. The Cubs are doing a, a pretty scale through their entire organization and trying to make the right hire so that they can better develop grow and scout talent so that once they get more players and build up that farm system a little bit, you can see some success at the big league level. They're also still engaging with talks with Nick Castellanos. Obviously, there's a little bit of a budget crunch going on, but they are trying to do anything they can to bring Nick back in pinstripes, of course, on the north side as the south side Chicago White Sox are in fact also trying to get Nick Castellanos on their team. He fit great with the Cubs. He was a great piece. Obviously performed out of his mind down the stretch offensively, and the team loved him. The city loved him. The fans loved him. So hopefully Nicholas Castellanos will be back on the north side, but it seems like that will not be possible unless the Cubs cut a little bit of budget. Um, they're trying to do that, whether it be through trades um, or however else Theo and Jed see fit. So they are also looking at the trade market. Obviously, the, as they say, the dominoes fall. So the free agent market is the first domino, and then the trades kind of get going. Um, it seems like you know January 1st, right at the beginning of the new year, is when the trade market comes to fruition a little bit. The Cubs will be extremely active, trying to potentially trade some of their higher prospected players or highly touted players like Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras, maybe even Kyle Schwarber, but they also might be trying to trade some of their kind of bad contracts that might be able to free up some space. Maybe that's like a Tyler Chatwood, throw Daniel Descalso onto a deal, or even trying to trade Jose Quintana, as he really hasn't been exactly what the Cubs were looking for when they gave away Eloy Jimenez and Dylan C. So there's my 
short answer and long answer to what the hell is going on. The next question is actually a pretty elaborate one. It says, do you think Cubs fans would be willing to part with a couple of pieces, like Bryant or Contreras, to acquire, let's say, five or six top prospects who would be ready to be key pieces in the opening day roster, not this year, but next year in 2021, which would also be when the team is ready to dive back into free agency as the marquee TV network money begins to kick in and then kind of be right back in the mix to compete for a championship. All of this knowing that 2020 would be a major step back. Now, to answer that question, it, if, 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 it's, there's a lot of ifs in that question. It's if this happens, if this happens, then this can happen. Well, if we know that next year, not this year, but next year, we'll be right back in the mix and competing for a championship, I'm sure everybody would be okay with taking a step back. But we don't know that yet. We don't know who we'd, we would be able to get for, say, Bryant or Contreras. We don't know... We don't know what we would be getting from those players that we did get, whether they're major league ready this year, next year, years after that, or if they'd be busts once they eventually come to the major league. So there's a lot of ifs there. And here's my thing. You know what you have with Chris Bryant, an all-star, an MVP. He plays versatile defense just about everywhere, runs the base as well. You know, his head's on straight. Wilson Contreras, you know what you have in him, a fiery player working to improve on the defensive side, but an offensive force, one of the best in the league at his position. So why why are we in such a hurry to get rid of these guys? All we would be getting is prospects, which may or may not be as good as these guys are. Why not just ride with the guys you have for those two years instead of hoping that maybe you'll be able to contend in the next two years if you make these moves? Odds are if you keep those guys, your team looks a whole lot better than if you get rid of those guys. And there's no way to be sure that any return that you get for those guys can make up the contribution that you'd be losing. Um, however, let's say, you know, Chris Bryant does get moved and um, the Cubs acquire maybe Victor Robles from the Nationals and a couple of pitching prospects. And then they trade Contreras and get, you know, another good starting pitcher and another outfield prospect or a catcher prospect. And then kind of take a step back in 2020, get some young guys some reps, and then in 2021, they're looking good as new in David Ross's second year. I'd love that too. Obviously, I want this team to be good, and and if that's what it takes to get there, a little step back to take two steps forward, kind of like the Yankees did after trading you know, Chapman to us. They got Glaber Torres, ended up getting Chapman back. A couple of moves like that, and then all of a sudden, two years in a row and Aaron Boone's first and second year, the Yankees have over 100 wins in both. So Cubs are trying to do just that, um, take a step back to take two steps forward um, in the upcoming seasons. It's kind of rebuilding on the fly, not a complete rebuild. Um, if any executive can do it, it's got to be Theo Epstein. We'll see if he's up for it because it's one of the most difficult things to do in sports. But as the Yankees have proved, it's possible. So I think doing that plan, as you suggested in this question, is a way to do that, and we'll see if the Cubs do that, take a different route, or ultimately don't make many moves as they haven't so far. Next question is, who is most likely to come to the Cubs? Well, I'd say the most likely free agent acquisition would be Nicholas Castellanos, because it is very report, very well reported 
by multiple you know, trusted sources that the Cubs are in on Castellanos. They're engaging talks with him. They're trying to free up enough money to get him. And on the flip side from Castellanos' camp, he wants to come to Chicago. He enjoyed playing in Chicago, and he hasn't signed a deal yet, so we might be waiting to see if the Cubs can clear some space for him. So that's who I would say is most likely um, person-wise. I think position-wise, the Cubs are definitely going to be exploring you know, cheap, but reliable options in the bullpen, whether that's bringing back Pedro Strope on a minor league deal, as they did with Brandon Morrow. Maybe it's splurging a little bit to get a guy like Will Harris, who's been very reliable over the last few years. Or maybe it, you know it's re-signing Steven C- Steve Ciszek or Brandon Kinsler, who have had pretty good seasons in the last couple of years. Some moves like that I could see the Cubs making. And then finally, they need to acquire either a second baseman or a center fielder. And, you know, it's been reported that the Cubs still have their eyes on Whit Merrifield of the Royals, who I believe would be a perfect fit with the Cubs. Mark Gonzalez, I believe, from the Chicago Tribune reported that he is a main priority of this offseason for the Cubs. He could slot right into either second base or center field, where he plays pretty good defense at both spots. He'd also, you know, answer the question we've been asking since Dexter Fowler left at the top of the order as a leadoff hitter, and then all of a sudden the Cubs have a guy setting the table for the likes of Chris Bryant, potentially Castellanos, Rizzo, Schwarber, Contreras, and then all of a sudden they might back, might be back contending as early as next year. So I think that'd be another great move the Cubs can make. Then I actually got three questions from three different people. First one, I'm curious if you think Chris Bryant is staying. Second one, where do you think Chris Bryant is suiting up next year? And third one, with all the rumors with Chris Bryant, how does he stay as a Cub? So I'm going to tackle this one, all three at one. First of all, I don't think the Cubs are going to trade Chris Bryant. I think to trade Chris Bryant, you need to get a massive haul back. And we're in a a day and age in 2020, I almost said 2019, we're in a day and age in 2020 where executives hoard their prospects rather than risking some prospects to get a big deal. Theo Epstein's on the other side of that. You know, even if it bites him in the butt, he'll trade Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease to get Jose Quintana, who he believes helps his major league team. Because it's the major league team you get paid for, folks. That's the team you watch. That's the team you want to win, right? Who cares if you have all the best minor league players if your major league team loses 100 games? hasn't won a World Series in 108 years. you got to try to win at the highest level. So I think in this day and age with so many general managers hoarding their prospects and not wanting to give up some of their highest-rated prospects, then the Cubs aren't going to get what they want for Bryant, and I don't think Theo Epstein is dumb enough to make a move for the sake of making a move. So for that reason, I think Chris Bryant ends up staying. Second of all, I think if he were to get moved, the Atlanta Braves and the Washington Nationals make the most sense. I think the Braves would be more inclined to give up a little bit more because they aren't coming off of a World Series win. They have a little bit more desperation, a little more urgency, especially after losing Josh Donaldson in their lineup if they are not able to re-sign him. You know, putting a package together of a couple of their best pitching or outfield prospects mixed with Max Fried and Austin Riley, two potentially major league ready guys, would be, I think, good enough for Chris. 
Then from the Nationals, I think you can't take a deal unless Victor Robles is in it. And if the Dodgers get involved, I don't think you would take a deal unless Gavin Lux is in it. And the Dodgers seem pretty focused on not trading him. Now let me just say this. It's time Cubs fans realize how good Chris Bryant really is. Since he entered the league, he's third in the entire major leagues and wins above replacement behind Hall of Fame future Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. So he's been one of the best players since. He can play anywhere you ask him to. He can hit anywhere you ask him to. And, you know, he's proven himself. couple silver sluggers. He's an all-star in three of his first five seasons, won an MVP, won the Rookie of the Year. I know a lot of people think uh, his injuries are something to worry about, but he plays a much more... Um, centered game whereas you know a guy like Javi his career could end on any play just because of how much flair he puts into all of it that's not a knock on Javi but I think signing Chris or retaining Chris is a little bit safer I think um I don't know this there's also a little bit of bias here because Bryant is my favorite player of all time but he uh he's been everything you wanted in a top prospect so so my theory is why would you trade a guy who's been arguably the best prospect ever, ever. You know, he gets drafted out of high school, or excuse me, he gets drafted out of college after being the best college player of the year, goes to the minor leagues for just one season and wins the minor league player of the year award, comes up, lights the world on fire, is the rookie of the year, and then follows that up with an MVP season that results in a World Series. You're not going to find a prospect that does anything better than that. That's the best that you could ask for from a prospect. So why are you trading this guy who has done all that for you and you know what he is for a couple of players who might be that who or who probably will not be that? I just don't understand it. So I think despite the rumors, I don't think any trade will meet the Cubs asking price. And I think they'll retain Chris Bryant for opening day 2020. And then my bold prediction is that before the end of the 2020 season, Chris Bryant signs an extension with the Chicago Cubs. And although I know that seems difficult with Scott Boris, it has been made known that he likes playing in Chicago. He wants to play in Chicago. And, you know, he probably intends on raising his kid in Chicago. So the only thing is, uh, like David Kaplan reported from a guy close to Chris Bryant, all he wants it's for the Cubs to come up and say that they were wrong in the way they manipulated his service time. Obviously, it is allowed by rule, so he will not win his service time grievance, which we'll discuss in a later episode. But if they can do that, I think they could work with Scott Boris to find the right deal to keep Chris Bryant a Cub for as long as possible. The next question is, even if they don't make the move for Chris Bryant, to trade Chris Bryant or Wilson Contreras. Do you think they'd be looking to move Quintana to clear some salary, which is $11.5 that might go with that other big move? I think trading Quintana is a must in this offseason. First of all, he's not who you traded for or not the guy you thought you were getting when you traded for him. Two, he's not going to be any better than he has been. He's only getting older. And three, 
$11.5 million is very cheap for a pitcher when guys like Garrett Cole are making over $300 million and almost 30 or more than 30 per year. So teams would love to get a number two, number three guy, maybe a number four depending on their rotation, for just $11.5 million for the remaining years of his deal. I think you could also get a little bit of prospect capital from that. And then you could also free enough salary to go make a move in this offseason. That's not going to hurt your ever, everyday lineup as much as a trade of Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras, or Kyle Schwarber might. Now the next pair of questions uh, are on the topic of manager. Uh, the first one is, what is the controversy of having David Ross as a manager? Well, I'll pay, play devil's advocate. I'll say what's wrong with having Ross as a manager. First of all, he has no experience whatsoever. He has never managed any team of any level of baseball in his life. Second of all, he's coming back to a team where he knows a lot of guys and he's friends with a lot of guys. How is he going to be able to keep those guys in line and not show favorites? Or how is he going to be able to discipline those guys? Those are the two huge knocks on Ross, and and I'm just gonna now I'm just gonna argue back and give my perspective. First of all, when we had Ryan Dempster on this Cubs Corner podcast not too long ago, he said, when we won the World Series in 2013 with the Boston Red Sox, David Ross was our best coach. He might not have had the manager title or hitting coach title or pitching coach title. But Ryan Dempster thought that was their best coach. So why not hire that guy? Who cares if he doesn't have experience? He's been around the same game for about 20, 25, 30 years. And in terms of managing his friends, you know, Chris Bryan, Anthony Rizzo, they said Ross was, aside from Joe Madden, the, the biggest force on their career. Anthony Rizzo said if he ever made a mistake, David Ross was the last guy he wanted to, to go in front Javier Baez said that David Ross is the guy he has to thank for being the player he is today. And Wilson Contreras owes David Ross a lot of credit for helping him through his developmental stages. So those are four stars of the Cubs who have highly, highly rated David Ross as a coach figure. So now that he has the title, I don't see much of that changing. Um, The next question is, is Ross the guy? I think he is. You know, I think... Having a young manager for this transition period for a little retool and then step into contending is risky, but it'll pay off. It's risky because you're putting this guy in one of the most controversial and ridiculed environments in all of baseball, the manager of the Cubs. But you're also giving giving him a chance to learn when you're maybe not going all in so that when you are going all in, he has a little bit more of experience that first year on the job. And finally, uh, it seems like the Cubs are very focused on getting below the luxury tax, much like the Yankees did a couple of years ago. So the question is, what moves should the Cubs make to lower their salary cap, which is, in fact, the luxury tax? Well, first of all, I think trading Quintana is the best way to do that um, because, you know, they did shave a lot of money last—the luxury tax— Excuse me. Tax is at 208 million. The Cubs were at 238 million last year after the Craig Kimbrell signing. But they lost about 65 million off the books from 
Cole Hamels, Ben Zobrist, Strope, Ciszek, Moro's 11 million. So they cut back a lot, but with arbitration and you know Kyle Schwarber, Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, all those guys getting raises, they're right around the luxury tax right now with a fairly incomplete roster. So the moves they need to make are a couple of trades to shed payroll, such as a Quintana deal, maybe a Chatwood deal, um, perhaps you know a Descalso or Hat package, Elmora. They got to make a couple of moves to cut back on that money before they, you know, re-sign Baez or, or excuse me, extend Baez or re-sign Castiano. So trade for Merrifield or whatever it is they might be, aside from perhaps the bigger moves of Chris Bryant or Wilson Contreras. So that'll do it for this edition of the Cubs Corner. You can catch this episode, future episodes, and past episodes on Apple Podcasts as well as SoundClouds and the Cubs HQ website. And as always, thanks to Coaches Bar and Grill for sponsoring this episode and our entire show. We'll be back with another podcast every Monday of the offseason. I know today is Wednesday, but we'll be back there soon. Monday, every Monday, unless there is breaking news, we'll try to get one out as soon as possible. Thank you all for listening. Happy New Year, and thank you all for coming to the Cubs Corner.